welcome to today's update um, from the, look, the Outlook by Brooke. I just got finished compiling all my information to, for today. That is why it is 7.14 Central Standard Time and I am just now getting um, to record. But there's a lot of information. So I'm sure by the end of this you're going to be like, okay, yep, now I see why. Um, so we are in an age of disclosure, like we've never seen before. Some of the things that you'll see, um, on these mainstream media is even, um, like it floors me. We wouldn't have seen this a year ago. Um, so let's just dive right in. Okay. And you'll see how much disclosure truly is going on right now. So, First off, we have a federal judge that just ruled to unseal the Epstein documents for Americans to be able to see. Now, this is important because we have been wondering who are all Jelaine Maxwell's um, co-conspirators. And this may actually give us a broader look than maybe just Jelaine Maxwell. Because... Um, I'm sure that Epstein knew where each individual child was from and sold to. I'm sure there were documents of that. And I'm sure um, that he knew a little bit more about the actual ring of if they were sold to this person, were they staying with that person? Or was that just like a um, an in the middle, like a middleman kind of spot? So... We may not be getting Jelaine Maxwell's cold conspirators at the time, but I truly believe that this is a huge step in the right direction. We're on our way to getting to know some more names, which I could probably guess off the top of my head at least five, <laughs> and they would probably be absolutely correct. But we're going to move on to um, our next um, thing on our notes. So... We have all these celebrities that have been doing um, satanic things, you know, to be in the Illuminati and part of the deep state, you have to do things that have zero moral compass. And now we're seeing some of that in the news. Um, singer Ricky Martin, he'll be looking at up to 50 years in jail time for a domestic abuse charge. And that dispute was in between him and his 21-year-old nephew. Now, I don't really know the details of what exactly happened, how they got in a fight, how bad was it. But the fact that this is making headlines is pretty significant just in general. He's not a huge name for, um, well, depending on what country you live in. But he definitely is somebody that, you know... Um, a generation that is not necessarily like today's generation will look and go, oh, okay. Um, I didn't realize that even some of the, you know, OG singers were that way as well, you know, getting in trouble. And the Globe magazine printed out, they had a whole article on um, Chelsea Clinton partying it up. And, um... Which, isn't she married? Like, is that a good look for a married woman, especially with her parents being in politics? No, probably not. But again, age of disclosure. Then we have John Walsh was on the front page, right and center, and 
said, John Walsh busted. Now, the this article was um, basically saying that he had pictures of himself in in the middle of doing some sexual acts and um, cheating and all that type of promiscuous behavior. So again, more disclosure. Now, um, I also read an article and it was talking about Nancy Pelosi's husband. I'm pretty sure he just got in trouble for something like a DWI or whatever. But now he is going to be probably potentially in more trouble on a more federal level. Um, You know, like we had Martha Stewart years ago getting in trouble for insider trading and, you know, basically knowing and acting upon things that would be affected in the stock market. And that's pretty much what he's doing. Um, He found out that there was going to be some legislation um, on growing our chip industry, like our computer chips. And he went ahead and bought like millions and millions and millions of chips ahead of time before that vote. So we're going to keep an eye on him because he needs to be in a lot of trouble. Now, granted, I know everyone goes home and they talk about their work day with their spouse or a a lot of people do. Um, But this should have been something that was either NDA or, you know, if she went home and talked about it, okay, that's cool, but keep it to yourself. Like, just put that nugget in your back pocket and be happy kind of a situation. And... Then we have Senator Ben Sass, positive for COVID-19. Now, those of you who follow me on True Social got to see the picture that I posted that has been posted by many patriots many times and um, basically says if someone has been, you know, positive for COVID-19 and it's in the news and it's someone of significance, probably means that they have confessed and... um, they're being dealt with uh, as far as a tribunal goes. We have um, the DailyMail.com. They released a article saying that health experts are quitting the NIH and the CDC in droves. Now, this one stands out to me more than any other COVID-19 article for obvious reasons. But if you don't get that, if you don't think it's that obvious, I'm going to break it down for you real quick. So the people that are in the CDC and the NIH, they get to look at facts and figures and statistics before we do. They get to see the real numbers, the real ingredients, that type of thing. And a lot of those people, if they haven't already had a tribunal or they haven't already gotten in trouble, they probably can foresee trouble before anybody else can see it. The CDC and the FDA and the NIH and the WEF, those are all things that we are now awake and seeing and keeping an eye on and don't trust. And the fact that people are leaving in droves means that there's nothing good happening there. There is crime. Something is going to go down. Something is wrong. So I I just think it's a very nice... um, preparing article maybe is a good way to put it um they're preparing people for the fallout mentally of once 
whatever's causing people leaves and droves, once that hits mainstream news or even like news that us patriots follow, all hell's gonna hit the fan. So, guys, that's that's one of those things that I tell y'all. You see this? Put this little nugget in your back pocket. Save it for later because I guarantee you this will come full circle. Now, let's move on to our next. I did my best to put all of my notes in order or, you know, whatever they're relating to. But I see one and I'm going to skip it and I'm going to come back to it. The um, European Union has now... um, approved 500 million dollars for ukraine arms and i have a feeling that this has something to do with them um wanting to get back at russia because um, russia shut down that pipeline that leads to germany and that they, they did a good job in choosing the the german oil industry because that is going to create a down ripple effect if you actually look into um what that country that country normally does in relation to the other countries and the oil and the dis the uh, exports and imports for Germany, it's going to be like a like dominoes. Like Germany's going to go down, then Italy and France and Spain, like the entire EU. It's going to be great. So, although somebody may just look at an article and go, "Oh my God, EU is giving money to Ukraine." You kind of have to wrap your head around the full picture. Of course, these articles don't give the full picture, but that is why we're here. New York was in the news twice. Um, one thing was really wonderful, and one thing was really um, surprising. I'm glad that both of these things are in the news. The thing that surprised me is that New York Health Commissioner... They confess to blowing the COVID hospitalizations out of proportion because they wanted to push the COVID-19 clot shot for kids. I'm surprised this hit the news because, you know, that's been something for so long. It's been like hush, hush, just just take the vax and shut up, go home. Um, you don't you don't want to take it? What if I give you $100? Um, what if I give you $200? You want a gift card? Like, They've been after us back to back to back to back to get this thing. And praise the Lord for all the people that have not taken it. So on to the next thing that the New York, the state of New York has been in the news for. Their Supreme Court has now declared it um, unconstitutional for all of the COVID-19 isolation and quarantining. And although that is logical to say that it's unconstitutional and it's logical to say, Hey, you know, if you stay home, if you're sick, that's probably a good idea. can't force you makes a lot of sense, but whatever. Um, the fact that this is in the news and the fact that this has now been passed through the New York Supreme court is a great thing. So other, um, other court systems or, every court system really they do this thing where they use other cases as precedents for how they judge on a specific case so um like if they're looking at um any case say a a case on drunk driving okay we'll go with that if they look back at few at past cases and how they were handled 
it gives them a very good idea of what is um, acceptable or appropriate or as a, as a possible outcome for that specific case of drunk driving. So with the New York Supreme Court saying that quarantining is unconstitutional and isolation is unconstitutional, this will affect other states when it comes to them being sued for the same exact thing because now those states have a precedent. So on to the next. Um, this, this is fun. Biden is going down, and he's going down hard and fast, and it is hilarious because for a while it was, you know, um, one side or the other. You either like Trump, you like Biden. And then it was, all right, well, I mean, we got we got Biden. I mean, I know the election was stolen, but we got Biden, and, and we'll see. And then it was, oh, my God, this inflation, what the hell, Biden. And now we're just all kind of at a point where we're like, Biden, if you choose to quit, everyone in America will be happy. If you choose to retire, if you choose to jump off a cliff, it's fine. We don't want you as president. Do whatever you have to do, but get out of office as soon as possible. Nobody likes you. So, now we're having some more disclosure on his end. There was some leaked audio from back in 2016 where Biden was talking to um, Poroshenko, I think. And um, basically was saying that he did not want Trump giving any money to Ukraine because that would mean that Trump would have to look into Ukraine. What money went there, for what purposes, how much was given, and that he wanted that um, avoided in all cases. Now, we know that Ukraine was a, a deep state place. It was, it was a place that they kept their money, their drugs, their weaponry, their children, the traffic. It was a poor country, and the general citizens there probably couldn't do much to um, do anything about it. So, along with this leaked audio that we have, we also have him calling the head of state for Ukraine, and basically threatening to assassinate him. He said, you know, if you if you cooperate with the Trump administration, like, I will end you. So now we see, you know, Biden before dementia. Even then was not a great person. Even then was a heavy, deep state player. He also was unable to secure a Saudi oil deal. So we all know that he went to Israel and uh, he made the whole don't give Iran nukes, let's stay friends Israel situation. Then we moved and he goes to Saudi Arabia, basically desperately begging for oil because he shut down our pipeline. And now he's shutting down our oil industry and he's selling our um, oil reserves and now he's up a creek without a paddle. So now he's saying, Saudi, can we please buy some of your oil for this price? And they said, absolutely not. <laughs> that, I mean, it's funny. It really is. I don't. I know that our gas prices are crap right now and that our inflation's up right now. But the fact that he flew all the way over there to try to make a deal in which probably would have been a really easy deal for Trump to make, and got shut down and sent home is hilarious.
Now, Saudi Arabia is one of those countries that um, Trump does well with because of Ben Salman, but also they are a country that is interested in being a part of the BRICS nations. So, you know, the, the BRICS nations being going towards gold-backed and all this good stuff, they have to make sure that the deals that they make are very specific, that they're not getting a fiat currency if they're looking to go to gold standard, and I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. But um, in a different foreign relation for Saudi, they have had a decades-long ban um, for the Israeli carriers and their aircraft to go in, in Saudi Arabia's airspace, and they have finally lifted it. Now, that's huge, okay? They wouldn't make a deal with Biden, but they'll make a deal basically with Israel. And if I had to put money on it, I would say that it had a lot to do with the fact that they are trying to secure their own deal and be part of the BRICS nations. They're trying to go gold back. They're trying to get along with their neighbors so that they don't cause any ruffle anywhere for Russia and China and Brazil and South America to say, oh, no, 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 we don't want to deal with you. So they're smoothing things out right now, which is also part of Nassar Jassar, which is worldwide peace and prosperity, no war. So, um, it seems like Saudi Arabia is next on the list to just keep on moving down and getting good graces, have their GCR update, free their people of all this crazy deep state that's going on in their own country, and they're just being really smart about it. So, let's move on to our next bullet. (laughs) The UK, um, they are halting, um flights to and from their largest Royal Air Force base because they said heat waves have quote-unquote melted the runway. Now, two things. First of all, I live in Louisiana, you guys. It's like 100 degrees outside, and we have like 100% humidity, which makes it feel like 120 degrees outside. And our roads here have not melted. Not only that, but my husband, he works at one of the large plants out here, and a few years ago they had an explosion, and the company he worked at was in charge of helping um, repair some of the things that were affected by this explosion, and he came home, and I think this was 20, um, let's see, 2020 or 2019, and he came, can you come home, and I said, baby, how was work, you know, how, I know you are doing something that's a little different than building chemical tanks, but you know, how was it? And he said, Brooke, you wouldn't believe how hot the fire got. It actually, this explosion and the fire and the aftermath actually warped the train tracks. And I was just like in awe at that point in time that, um, that train tracks could be warped by heat. Um, Now, granted, I know an explosion can do a lot of stuff, but you think about all the materials that are used to make um, train tracks and how much um, heat they sustain normally, um, especially from, like, different types of powered engines and the heat that comes off of trains. And along with the immense heaviness of the trains going over the tracks repeatedly, so they're not something that would break or, or warp very easily. So, let me bring it back to you guys, basically like this. It would have to be damn near impossible 
for the runways to melt. Do you understand what I'm saying? Unless they poured gasoline on top of them, lit them on fire, had a ginormous magnifying glass to magnify the sun's rays onto them, it's just about damn near impossible. And so they're saying that, you know, they can't have any flights to and from because of the melted runway. And this reminded me of a Q-drop, you guys. There was a Q-drop and a didn't I didn't look it up to give you all the facts and figures, but I do remember very specifically reading planes and trains grounded. So I'm thinking that this is just part of it. We've already seen an unprecedented amount of planes and trains grounded in the U.S. and worldwide. Um, there's a website somewhere that you can look up all the different canceled flights um, in your nation and globally. And that's already been at an unprecedented number. And now we have this and the UK Royals, they don't really have um, <laughs> logic for sure, but good reasoning for this specific airport not to function. Um, on to the next bullet I have for you guys today. Um, there's a corporation or company um it's called the north american electric reliability corporation and they have put out something that looks very much like deep state planning and it's saying that our electricity is at risk to be cut off and they have a map to go with it now there's orange on the map that says you know most likely to the power will go out and um, some highly possibly affected areas so if you live in the U.S., let me just break this down for you. This map, <clears throat> the orange areas that are most high, at high risk to be cut off of electricity, it's the entire western half of the U.S. So basically, Texas on up, all the way to the west coast is generally what the map looks like. And the rest of it that is... um has red on it, which says, you know, is, is a possibility, is most of the Louisiana Purchase from top to bottom, most of it. And the East Coast looks fine. It looks like they're not worried about nothing. So this looks like some deep state planning. I'm sure white hats are all over it, but I just found it interesting, and I wanted to report it back to you guys. Now, the last two bullets that I have for you guys today... I want you guys to, like, really think on these two, okay? The first one is that Russia is banning all LGBTQ propaganda and imagery. Now, for those of you that are like me and we live in the U.S., you, you can't watch a Netflix series without there being some sort of same-sex couple. And it used to not really be like that in the 90s, as I, I mean... It just has evolved over the last 20 years from being something that you would rarely or maybe never see to you see in every single show. So this seems like, oh, I'm sure, you know, there's so many LGBTQ, all these rallies and all these, this Pride Month. And so for us, it may seem like, wow, like Russia's wild doing that. Like, what are they thinking? But if you actually look at um, the percentage of the people in the world that are gay or transgender, it's actually not very much. It's a very, very small percent. And in a lot of Muslim countries, this is completely 
outlawed and banned and like death penalty type situation. So although this may seem wild to us because our country has gotten a little bit too free, um, this is not, this is normal for some countries. And they're taking a stance on what seems like godly principles. So although I will say like for those that have loved ones that are LGBTQ. I'm not saying that I hate them by any means. I am am full on God's word to love that neighbor, no matter what they look, sound like, act like, what their choices are. I will make my own choices. You make your own choices and everyone should be happy is how I feel. But I am happy to see a country taking a stance on godly principles. And the last thing that I am bringing to you guys today my final bullet. <laughs> MSNBC's Katie Turr. <clears throat> she is in panic mode right now. Okay. Mainstream media is going downhill. And basically she, she's saying that no one believes them anymore. And she fears that her job is now doing more harm than good for all of the population that would be, um, that, that would view MSNBC or surrounding areas. And I think that that's good because we have for so long felt like mainstream media was lying to us. Then we got to see physically or physical proof that mainstream media was lying to us or keeping things from us or hiding things from us. And now we're seeing people that work there that maybe aren't deep state, but we're just doing their job, what they were told to do as a job. They're now seeing, okay, um, maybe, maybe this is not a good career move. Maybe I'm actually not helping anybody by doing this job. Maybe this, this company I work for is actually very anti-America, anti-freedom. Maybe what I'm doing is causing a lot of harm. And so I'm excited for that because I think that it's hard to wake up or be awake when you live and you, when you work in the mainstream media industry. And I'm glad that some people are finally, um, they're taking a different perspective. You know, they can sit back and they can look back at what is going on in our world and they can realize that they can make a difference, but not with what they're doing right now. So, guys, this has been a lot of information. I hope that you guys do your own research. I hope that you have enjoyed today's podcast. If you find anything interesting in the future, go on and send it to me. If you want to share my podcast out, go for it. And as always, you can follow me on Truth Social at Brooke Petrie. You guys have a good night.